0: Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started.
1: Cheeseman out. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese Podcast is taking it to a whole other level.
0: Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? You know who it is. It's your favorite guilty pleasure. This is the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined, as always, the pippin to my Jordan, Chad Sowash. And today's victim, stop, I mean...
2: Stop. Saying that you're Jordan of anything other than eating fried foods is just total I'm just, bullshit.
0: I'm just, I'm just reading the script, Chad. I'm just, I'm just reading the script. <laughs> i was gonna do shack to kobe would that be better <laughs> you've done that one before bird to Parish. i don't know i don't know oh yeah you know, no i'm have...
2: definitely oh perish i love me some perish oh yeah okay. magic to kareem oh kareem skyhook baby oh yes i love some skyhook yeah some koozie to chamberlain yeah
0: Ooh. or uh, russell sorry not chamberlain Jeez, russell that's... was the Ooh, shit sorry baby. boston russell. boston fans <laughs> <laughs> we just lost a whole city on that one. Anyway, Ooh. can we get to the show, please? Okay, thank you. Jesus. All right. Uh, our guest today is Josh Merrill. Josh is CEO at Confirm. Is it Confirm or Confirm.com? Josh, which do you prefer?
3: It is Confirm. Uh, and thank you guys so much for having me here. I hope I can be the, uh, well, the Steph Curry of Confirm. Uh, HR platforms today. Oh,
0: look what he did there,
2: Chad. Look what he did there. (laughs) He's trying to bring it forward. He he knows the
0: audience. He knows the audience. All right, Josh, before we get into the rules of the game and grill your company to death, uh, tell the the listeners a little bit about Josh Merrill and what makes you tick. Yeah.
3: So uh, I've been in startups for uh, about a dozen years. I love uh, working on problems that I love unsexy problems. Frankly, I love problems that you know we sort of put up with in our day-to-day lives, and we don't really think very much about it until someone points it and goes, wow, that's really broken. And I feel like that's the type of problem that, uh, that we get to
0: solve with Confirm. And we love unsexy problems, Chad. We love unsexy problems. Josh
2: let's, just called HR unsexy. Good job, Josh. Good yeah, job. Yeah, like, let's, uh, <laughs> let's just
0: point out the obvious, Josh.
3: <laughs> hey, right. H, I, HR is plenty sexy, but, uh, but we do performance reviews. Oh, boy. <clears throat> oh, gotcha.
2: All gotcha. right, Chad, tell him what he's won today. Well, Josh, welcome to Firing Squad. At the sound of the bell, there it is. You're going to have two minutes to pitch confirm. At the end of two minutes, eh, we're going to hit you with about 20 minutes of Q&A. Yeah, you want to be concise or guess what's going to happen, kids? He's going to get the crickets. After Q&A, you're going to receive one of three. These are big applause Strap yourself into this rocket ship because it's going to take off. Golf clap. You're going to need some nitrous to get this bad boy moving. Or last but not least, the firing squad. Get that jalopy off the street because it ain't going nowhere. That's firing squad, big boy.
0: You are a confirmed loser if you get (laughs) the guns. Ouch. All right, Josh, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Two minutes starting in three, two...
3: All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Um, So
0: the problem
3: that Confirm is solving is that performance reviews are fundamentally broken. Um, So performance reviews were invented by the US military 100 years ago. The Nazi military actually created 360s during World War II. We're still using the performance reviews they invented, but the way we work today is completely different. So today, you know, I can hop on Slack or Microsoft Teams I can direct message anyone in the company. I can form a cross-functional team to solve a problem. The way we work today is in networks. So why are we evaluating that work top-down like we're in the military? Um, and that's why we created Confirm. So Confirm is the first performance platform that uses the science of organizational network analysis to uncover data that managers can't. So. The way it works is you know, using Confirm, anyone in the company can review anybody else. And that review may be positive or negative, but the point is that it mirrors the way we actually get things done. Um, and one of our customers actually said, uh, he said, it's like an x-ray of my company's talent. Um, and so with Confirm, you can identify your top and bottom performers, your culture carriers, your flight risks. Um, you can reward them for performance, real performance instead of politics. And you can make confident people decisions based on data uh, instead of bias. Um, and you can learn more about us at Confirm.com.
0: All right. Thank you, Josh. That was tight. You are in a little bit under, so uh, good for you. My first question, as always, let's get to the name. It's fantastic. Big ups for the name, especially for the dot com. You must have paid a pretty penny to get Confirm.com. Talk about the name and what it took to get it.
3: Yeah, so um, we did pay a pretty penny for it. Um, I'll, I'll give you kind of a, a little bit of my history. Um, I, uh, about 10 years ago, I joined a company called eShares. Um, and we had this, we were we were at eSharesInc.com. And we figured, you know, when we got bigger, we'll buy eShares.com. You know, the, the owner wanted like, I don't know, a million dollars or something. And by the time we actually got big enough that we could afford it, he suddenly realized, Oh, I, I can actually charge 10 times the amount. Um, and so we actually had to change our name and that company is now, uh, called Carta, um, starting confirm, you know, I was like, I I'm, I'm not doing this again. Um, and so, you know, we shelled out, uh, as soon as we had the money, you know, we shelled out, uh, I think it was three seventy five for, for that domain name. Um, but you know, we're, we're very happy that, uh, we're easy to find. I can say our name in a, in a, you know, crowded bar, and uh-huh. people can still hear me, and uh, it's working out
0: great. Well, thanks for the transparency, Josh. Most most people wouldn't uh, give the dollar figure, so big ups to you on that one. Real quickly, are the uh, are the employee reviews anonymous, or are are they uh, are they labeled who who says what about you?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, the reviews are not anonymous because you know this data needs to be actionable, and a lot of this stuff, you know, if you just get a bunch of anonymous feedback, it's you can't really do anything with it. Um, but it also needs to be psychologically safe. So those reviews are going to a person's manager, um, not that individual themselves. Um, we do pull out some of the compliments, some of the nice things that people are, are saying about me. I may be able to see those, but, um, but everything else is is visible to my manager and above.
0: Got it, got it. We'll probably come back to that later. So curious, you don't our firing squads are typically divided into people who have deep experience in our space and those that don't you are in the don't category. Uh, You mentioned Carta, which is a well-known company. Does your lack of experience in our space help you? Is it a hindrance, uh, the inspiration to start a company like this? Talk about that.
3: Yeah, you know, actually kind of a similar experience uh, when I joined Carta. So I I spent many years there. I was the chief product officer over at Carta, and I joined um, not having any experience with equity but having been a previous founder and experiencing the pain of, of trying to manage a cap table and work with lawyers and investors and trying to get option grants to employees and it's a huge pain in the ass and i think similarly with confirm you know my background isn't hr but i have plenty of experiences as, as a people manager um, you know experience kind of writing those reviews being reviewed um participating really on, on both sides of a broken system. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, um, you want to know just enough to be able to, to figure things out, but you, you don't want to know too much because it, it makes it harder for you to see how broken... The system really is.
2: So let's dig into that a little bit deeper. Not just about your experience, but about your team's experience. So, do you have anybody on the leadership team who actually has HR, recruiting, uh, talent management background?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. So, um, we we are certainly surrounded by, I would say, a lot of advisors who have you know decades in in HR. Um, the leadership team itself, I would say, our background is largely, our experiences are largely in people management, and um, and we've come from organizations that uh, are known for their their best practices with performance reviews, and we can still look at that and go, this is really broken, um, and and you know through confirm we have the opportunity to fix it, um, so I think it's a it's a little bit of mix. A little bit of a mix of that that kind of I would call it like a healthy naivete. Um, but we surround ourselves with people
2: who uh who are familiar with you know the the way things work uh in, in HR. Okay. Okay. So give me an idea. Do you have any military background experience? No, I don't. <laughs> so so hating on the military, and yet you've never actually had a review. In the military, I spent twenty. <laughs> I spent twenty years in the military, which is why I'm asking. And, then, uh, and there was because, more hate
0: for the Nazis, right? Just so we're yeah, right. so we'll, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll get to sorry, that. In sorry. sorry, definitely
2: for the Nazis. Yeah. Yes. 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 So for, first, we call HR not sexy. Now we're saying the military has has, has bad practices. Um, so <laughs> tell me about tell me about the actual military practices because I I'm very intimate, unfortunately, with those with those practices. Tell me why. What you're doing fixes what they've broken. Yeah. So,
3: and and to be clear, you know, I don't want to hate on the military. Obviously, um, you know, my, my point in bringing up the history of performance reviews is, you know, back in World War I, the the system that the military used it was really innovative. Um, it was really novel. But when you fast forward, you know, the way we work today has has changed completely, and it's it's just it, it doesn't fit anymore. It's like trying to put you know horseshoes on a car. And so, what you really look at, you know, in, in terms of what the military introduced, was having a consistent scale for a commanding officer to rate and evaluate a subordinate officer, and that's that was really the innovation. And because our sort of corporate org charts looked similar to a military hierarchy, we took that system and we kind of we we kind of brought it into the workplace. And that really has been the standard for how we decide you know, how engineers in Silicon Valley are going to get uh, evaluated and paid. So there's nothing inherently wrong with that system. It just doesn't fit the way that we work uh, today.
2: Okay. So how did you guys fix it?
3: Yeah. So I think the big, um, the big insight for us was um, understanding that the way we work today isn't in the hierarchy of, uh, of 100 years ago. Right, we work in networks, so you know we can congregate on Slack, on Zoom. Um, you know we work super cross functionally, um, and in that setting, you know any individual manager that has to evaluate an employee, they actually have less context and less visibility than ever to be able to make fair and accurate evaluations. And in fact, it's only gotten worse since the pandemic. We actually started the company right at the beginning of the pandemic. But we quickly realized that, man, you know, with everybody working from home and, you know, hybrid remote work, like um, a manager just doesn't have the visibility that they used to. Uh, When I was in college, they they used to teach about, you know, manage by walking around. Well, that's all gone. And so we need a new way for a manager. You know, you can't be in every Slack channel, on every email thread. We need a new way for those managers to see what's actually happening.
2: So does that mean uh, there's constant feedback? Are you getting constant feedback from peers? Are, are the managers actually adding feedback in as it comes? Because one of the biggest issues is we talk about like NCOER, so for in the military, is that you sit down every quarter and you have to remember what the fuck went on. And the same thing happens in the civilian world. Is we oh God, I got to remember what happened. Oh, they hit their goals. Uh, th- that's not the that's not the big the, the big issue. The big issue is managers and peers don't have a feedback loop to be able to do it instantaneously when it's actually happening. I, is that something that you guys provide? How does it really make it more fluid? rather than the construct of brick and mortar that we used to use.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, so you need two things. So one is that you need a concept of continuous feedback. And that's been really popular in the industry. Uh, It is really popular right now. And I think it's a reaction in in part to how much people hate performance reviews. So a lot of people are saying, well, don't do performance reviews. Don't uh, do continuous feedback instead. And continuous feedback is great. But it doesn't mean that you don't need to measure people anymore. You still need performance measurement as well as that continuous feedback. And and we do both. So using Confirm, you know, I can give feedback, I can give recognition anytime I want to anybody in the company. I can request feedback, I can request feedback um, for my direct reports, for example. And then we gather that. And then when it comes time to do those quarterly or half-year performance reports, we bring all of that in. And what we're really trying to do uh, is remove recency bias, right? So exactly exactly what you said, like I, I'm not gonna remember everything that happened. I, I barely remember everything I did over the last three months, let alone what all of my direct reports did. And so we wanna remove that recency bias as much as possible. Um, and, and so we bring all of that continuous feedback in as well.
1: Talent acquisition leaders meet Advantage.ai, the most effective programmatic job advertising platform on the market. Built on AI from the ground up, Advantage.ai is a refreshingly simple, transparent, and highly effective job distribution platform that leverages real-time performance data to automatically optimize campaigns and maximize budgets. At Advantage, we know that a broad and diversified reach is required to find qualified applicants. It is important that employers are able to reach candidates where they are, with the right message, at the right time. Whether that is through job boards, search, social, email, SMS, or any other channels that help our clients reach their target candidates. Don't have time to learn and support another platform? We've got you covered. At Advantage.ai, we are happy to support your programmatic sourcing efforts for you, integrating with your current providers so you can access information you need in one place. Advantage.ai is brought to you by an experienced team of industry pioneers, innovators, and problem solvers who are excited to introduce a fresh new approach to programmatic job advertising. To learn more or schedule a product demonstration, visit Advantage.ai.
0: Sounds like some millennial mumbo-jumbo to me, Chad. I don't know. I don't know. this constant constant. <laughs> <laughs> Contact.
1: All right. Josh, you've raised
0: uh, about five and a quarter million dollars in a seed round. What have you done with the money? What do you plan on doing with uh, what's left? Are you going to raise more money? Talk about the funding.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we raised uh, five and a quarter million from uh, Resolute Ventures, um, Animo Ventures. We, we love our investors. They're super supportive. Um, you know, we really started this company, like I said, at the beginning of the pandemic, we actually thought we were going to build a recruiting product, uh, and a month after we started, you know, the economy was losing a million jobs a, a week, and, uh, and and we had to pivot. Um, and so we spent a long time being really thoughtful about, um, you know, what is the the problem that we really want to solve here. Um, and the more we dug into performance reviews, you know, the more interesting became it, it, it became. It's this, you know, kind of process that runs in the background that really controls a lot of our uh, a, a lot of our career futures. It's super broken and nobody really thinks about it. And so that became our entry, uh, our, our uh, entry point. And so, you know, what we've used with uh what we use we've used the money for is you know, we've built up a team. Um, we've we've built a, a killer platform for um doing performance reviews, continuous feedback, you know, career pathing. Um, and now we're actually just at this inflection point where we're starting to, you know, take that message out uh, out more broadly to the market, uh, and really starting to ramp up sales and marketing. Any plans to raise additional
0: funds? Uh, yes, there are. <laughs> and and is it an, a challenging environment right now to raise said funds?
3: Um, you know, I would say it's challenging for a, a lot of uh, a lot of companies for sure. Um, I would also say that there is um, a, a little bit of a flight to quality uh and and most of the investors that we talk to you know when when they see a really big you know a, a big meaty problem like performance reviews and they see a company that can really fix it um mm-hmm. I, that actually creates uh, uh a lot of openings
0: for us to tell our story what does your typical customer look like um and are you a global company or is that still a lot of space to grow into
3: yeah so our our typical customer you know we've really been focused on uh on tech although that we're not exclusive to tech Um, But we, we tend to find that, you know, if you, uh, uh, if you think about our, our work being done in networks, we tend to work really well with customers that operate in that kind of way. And so, you know, our typical customer is, um, you know, may have anywhere between a hundred to, you know, a thousand employees, I would say on average, we have customers that are both larger and smaller, but that tends to be our sweet spot. Um, And we are already global. I mean, a lot of our customers are fully remote, so they
0: have you know, employees all over the world in every time zone uh, and we accommodate that. So one of the things that, that my knee jerk reaction to first sort of digging into your company was, Oh, they don't have any competition. Talk about your differentiation. Certainly 15 to five comes to mind who, by the way, just raised $52 million. So you might need a bigger boat comes to mind as (laughs) I I think through that, but, but there's culture, amp mesh lattice, a lot of well-known companies, a lot of well-funded companies, What's the sales call like? What's the differentiator for you guys?
3: Yeah, the core differentiator is, you know, all of those platforms. I don't want to, you know, I'm not taking any pot shots at 15.5 or Lattice or tramp I think they're all great. Oh, do please it. do. You've heard <laughs> our show before. Well, I, so I would say this, like, I think what from a performance review um, standpoint, I think a lot of platforms have taken a, a fundamentally broken process and they've brought it online and made it sort of, you know, faster and a little bit easier through a nice UI. But at the end of the day, we're still measuring people in the same old broken way. And, you know, frankly, I don't see a lot of companies that are actually attacking the underlying problem of how people are measured um, the way that Confirm is. Uh, and so when when customers get excited about us, it's really about being able to understand in, in super high fidelity, you know, who are my top performers? um who should I be concerned about? Who's who's actually driving influence in this organization, and then being able to take action on that data really quickly?
0: Would it be fair to say that a, a customer wouldn't use you and a competitor, or someone that I just listed as a competitor, they would choose one or the other. They wouldn't use both services. Is that is that correct?
3: Um, I think most of the time that's true. You know, we do absolutely have customers that um, you know they love Lattice for feedback or they love Culture Amp for engagement surveys. And they want to marry that with this network data that only we provide, um, but oftentimes our customers end up, you know, if that's if that's sort of the place that they start by integrating these platforms, most of the time they just end up on confirm.
2: Okay, so who's your target market? Who are you actually selling to?
3: Yeah, so our our target tends to be, um, you know, chros, um, you know, directors uh, in uh, in the people function. Um, you know, we find that, uh, like I said, our our sweet spot is, you know. Uh, kind of that mid market. Um, and we've been focused on, you know, companies that, that really work in that in that network sort of way. Um, but we what we also find that is really surprising is we get a lot of interest from CEOs. And the reason is, you know, CEOs don't they don't log into performance management systems like it usually that's usually something that sort of happens below the CEO level. But what we find is that when we're running a performance cycle, we see this in our analytics mm-hmm. our CEO customers they will log in a dozen times a day to look at the data as it's coming in to confirm and the reason they get excited is that they can they can see who those you know how how the company is kind of kind of performing at a at a high level with respect to talent but they can also drill all the way down to the water cooler level and see you know who's concerned about you know is is Bob concerned about mary um you know is, uh, is, is Jane an outstanding contributor? And they really get a lot of intelligence
2: and insight from that. Okay, so what is really the biggest issue for HR and TA that you're trying to solve today?
3: Yeah, so I would say that the, the biggest issue, you know, if you really look at, if you talk to most um, CHROs or heads of people um, and you ask them like, hey, can you give me a list of who my top performers are? You would be surprised at how difficult it is to produce that list of people with a high degree of confidence. And I would say that at a at a baseline, the the first problem that we solve for people is we can tell you who those people are, who you can't afford to lose, and we can actually quantify their impact uh, and tell you uh, why they're making that impact or how. Um, so that's kind of the high level. A uh, place to start, and then there's once you actually understand who's driving impact in the organization, there's a lot that you can do uh, after that.
2: Okay, so when we talk about HR and TA, really one of the, the the biggest issues that they have is not being seen as a cost center. I mean, how will your product demonstrate that HR and talent acquisition and great talent management is actually the revenue generation machine?
3: Yeah. So to me, that really starts with having data. Um, you know. Most CEOs that we talk to think of performance reviews as this kind of like, it's kind of like this perfunctory, you know, compliance exercise that we go through that, you know, I'm really not going to learn very much from it. And, you know, I, I kind of trust the ratings, but not, not completely. And for HR to be able to, to deliver, you know, with confidence and with data that, you know, evidence of like, here are the people we can't afford to lose here are the people that the, the organization is concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the basis for actually moving from, you know, sort of being seen as a cost center to being seen as a, a function in the company that's really strategic, which it is and should be treated.
2: So this sounds pretty expensive, don't you think, Joel? Like a lot of money, Chad. like a lot like of back money. Back up yeah. the rings truck. That's what I'm thinking. So, so what 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 is this going to cost a company? How how do you price this out? Give us a little little, little insight into that, Josh. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, if it sounds
3: expensive, I think that's great because if I if I put my salesman hat on, I can I can give you good news, um, which is you know we're really competitively priced. Uh, we price uh, per employee per month, um, and uh, you know if you compare us against Lattice or Culture Amp, you know we usually come out, frankly, quite a bit ahead. Um, But what I think is really compelling is, you know, most organizations look at this and go, this is a really different way to understand performance. And for those companies that, you know, think this might be for them, but they're not sure, um, we actually can do uh, a pilot program, uh, a three-month pilot, where, you know, if they want to run a performance cycle in, uh, in Confirm before actually committing to anything with us, um we can help them do that and you know 100% of the time you know our our customers look at the data and the insights that we can deliver uh, and and they commit to the platform
0: is a is an economic downturn good or bad for your company for example with with saying that you uh, help with flight risks and retention um do you, do you assume that some companies that want to keep who they have use your tool or do you feel like you're going to be a, a an unnecessary Solution that they can sort of put aside until the economy gets better.
3: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, you know, over the last like I would say month or so, I mean that that's really when we've seen our our uh, our pipeline explode. Um, it, it almost seems like the worse the news gets, uh, the, the better our our uh, our pipeline becomes. Mm. Um, I think that you know we're, we're certainly seeing budgets get squeezed. You know, there's there's no doubt about that. But the the need to take a finer, you know, kind of take a magnifying glass to performance, you know, that need is is bigger than ever. Um, it's surprising to I me. Mean, some of it is on the downside, where you know I may have I may be you know carrying underperformers, but most of it is really, you know, I just want to make sure that my top talent doesn't leave. Yeah. Um, because in in the midst of of you know this kind of constricting economic climate the war for top talent is like hotter than ever. Uh, And, and you know, the primary interest of our customers is I I don't want to lose those people, but first I have to know who they are.
0: All right. And lastly, give me a glimpse of, uh, of your whiteboard. What are some things you guys are building that if we talked a year from now uh, that you guys would be launching, for example, upskilling seems like a, a natural progression for something you guys might add in the future.
3: Yeah. So, you know, one of the ways that we think about this is, you know, being able to create um, kind of a standard baseline for, for how we measure performance and how we understand that performance. And so one of the things we get excited about is being able to say, hey, you know, you just hired, um, you know, a, a group of salespeople. Here's how they're ramping up. And here's how they're ramping up relative to other salespeople in your industry who are working at a similar level. Um, and to be able to do that across any function uh, at any level is something we get really excited about. You know, you just can't do that in the way that performance reviews are done today. You know, I may get a four at one company from one manager. I may get a, a two from a different manager. Right? There's no standardization. Um, but what we're actually doing is is bringing standardized measurement uh, to performance reviews. And that, that will allow us to actually create those, those sort of cross-company baselines. And we're pretty excited about that.
0: All right Josh, the Q&A is now over. All Are right. you ready, my friend, to face the firing squad? I hope so. Chad, get him.
2: Oh, here we go. Josh, I love all of this except the message. You said CEOs want the data. What you didn't say once was one incredible word, bottom line. Okay? Performance equals what? Bottom line. Retention equals what? Bottom line. Happy employees equal what? Bottom line. Do you know what CEOs care about the most? The bottom line. They say employees, but they're looking at the bottom line. And HR cannot connect the damn dots to the bottom line. The message, what does HR need most? They need a way to demonstrate that they are the heart of every organization. No company runs without talent. And yet... HR and TA are still pretty much seen as cost centers. Hell, they see themselves as cost centers. You talk to them and and they hang their head. They shouldn't. So I believe Confirms Data and Insights can be the springboard to finally getting HR and TA to the adult table at the C-suite once you change your message. That is an incredible, I think a vital piece, but I think one that you guys can actually focus on and change pretty quickly. But until you do that, my friend, I'm going to have to give you a golf clap.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, good feedback. I appreciate it. Golf clap it is. All right. It's my turn, Josh. It's my turn. All right. So I really want to like this company and the business, starting with the name. God damn it. I'm sick of these startups with shitty names and this is a damn good name. There are a few things that I, I see that are challenging me right now. Number one is either the lack of anonymity or not being anonymous. In other words, if I have to review a coworker, am I biased because my face is on the review? Is it more skewed to positive because I know that my name is on it? Or is my review based something that would benefit me from maybe somebody the manager likes better than others? So I'm concerned about that. And I'm also concerned about the data, because the data to me seems really subjective, because it's based on people's opinion or reviews of other people. So where data typically is something really solid and factual, this data seems really subjective. I'm not saying it's not valuable data. I think keeping your finger on the pulse of your workforce and what they're saying and what they they think about uh, people at their company. And I, I do think there's incredible value in the retention tool and having someone say, hey, you know what, I was overhearing uh, Jim at lunch. He's looking for new jobs. It might be a good time to, like, you know, save him or something. The other thing that I think is a major hurdle for you is the competition. I know that you said you're different f- from 15.5 and some of the others. Uh, pricing is an issue, but you're also really focused on tech. And I know 15.5 has been really ingraining themselves into the tech world for over a decade, I think. I mean, they're a really established company in this space. So I think you're going to have a hard time on the competitive landscape, especially with the dollars that those guys are raising. Now that said, I think you can carve out a niche. I think you do have valuable data. And I do agree that Chad, in terms of the messaging, can probably be a little bit more refined. And that may be in part because you're not from the space. Maybe it's going to be a little bit bit of a learning curve in terms of the language and what's going to be successful and what isn't. Um, I do think you're a a very potential, a high potential to be acquired. I think as people are going shopping in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, the service you provide is going to be appealing and someone with a brain is going to figure out that I need to write a check uh, to these, these confirm cats and get this solution onto my platform. So for me, you've got some things to work out. You've got some, 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 uh, some struggles and challenges ahead. I think you need to raise a nice series, a, Me as well, Josh. Ah, Uh, right, we agree. Uh, We're saying there's a chance, Josh. We're
2: saying there's a
0: chance. But you've got your work cut out for you. And I'm sure we're not telling you anything that you don't already know. I'll take the chance. (laughs) <laughs> you better. You sure the hell better. You better take the chance yeah. and come back in a year or two and tell us how wrong we got it, or
2: how how right we got it because you pivoted and it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And then and then we'll take ten percent of the company. At that, <laughs> that sounds like a series A to me. Until
0: then, tell the listeners again where they can find out more. Share that beautiful URL once again. Beautiful bean footage. Absolutely. So you can learn more about Confirm at confirm.com. Fantastic. We appreciate your time, Josh. Good luck to you. Another one in the can,
1: Chad. We out. We out. This has been The Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Cheese podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the firing squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com.